You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk update Tuesday, July 9th. My name is Gavin O'Carroll from our Customer Treasury Unit and AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan joins us to discuss all-time highs in the stock markets and the exceptional rally in bond markets. Ollie, good morning. Bring us your thoughts on where markets are at at the moment in the context of the divergence between the two stock markets and bond markets. Yeah, well, the backdrop is, you know, growing expectations in financial markets that all the major central banks will ease policy in the coming year, probably starting at the end of this month. And we've just seen very strong performance uh, for stock markets globally year to date. Uh, the S&P is up by nearly 20% in the first half of the year. The European stock 50 is not far behind it, up by about 18%. And, uh, you know, that normally signals strong growth ahead, good underlying economic fundamentals, etc. I think the US stock market has just put in its strongest first half of the year since 1997, uh, the times of irrational exuberance, if we go back to as far as Alan Greenspan. And then you see what's happening in the bond markets. There's been an extraordinary rally in bond markets as well on expectations that growth is going to slow down uh, and that central banks will ease policy. And yields have dropped to levels that we haven't even seen during the financial crisis 10 years ago. Uh, record levels actually within Europe. 10-year German bond yields are actually minus 0.4%. I mean, that's an incredibly low interest rate. So you, you, the German government can borrow at a negative interest rate of minus 0.4%. Five or six European countries have seen 10-year bond yields go negative in recent weeks. Irish 10-year bond yields are virtually at zero. And if you look at the Irish curve, actually, Irish 10-year, or sorry, Irish government paper all the way out to nine years is actually yielding negative interest rates. Uh, and, and this is based on an expectation that we will see monetary easing uh, across the world. I mean, we've already seen 50 basis points come off rates in Australia. We've seen the Bank of India cut rates. But there's certainly strong expectations that the Fed will cut rates later this month, despite an exceptionally strong uh, employment report for June that came out on Friday. Uh, uh, employment was up by 224,000 uh, in the month, a very strong payroll number. Unemployment still holding well below 4%. Average earnings growing to about 3%. And yet within markets, led by you know guidance from central banks, um, there's an expectation that rates will be cut. Now, I think in regard to the Fed, which uh, meets uh, at the end of the month, there were growing expectations cut by even 50 basis points. But I think Friday's data really ruled that out. But uh, regardless of the strong data, I think we can expect the Fed to ease policy later in the month. It has talked about the need for precautionary rate cut. There are headwinds there in terms of slowing global growth, slowing international trade, weakness in the manufacturing sector. And against a backdrop of very weak inflationary pressures, central banks feel they can uh, ease policy here and to some extent have a free bet um, with precautionary rate cuts. So markets are very much focused on that. So we have this uh, unusual situation where stock markets, I mean, the S&P is at record highs, as I say, up 20% year to date. And at the same time, we see this unbelievable rally in bond markets. Uh, and, you know, that is quite unusual to see bond markets so strong at the same time. Negative interest rates, Holly, wouldn't have been in the Bizarre class when you were in secondary school or even when I was in secondary school. And it's just incredible just to, for, for you to be speaking about central banks borrowing in a negative environment. Uh, that has implications for the savers of the world as well in, in Eurozone, certainly. Massive expectations of what central banks are going to do is what you're speaking to. Christine Lagarde, 
uh, got a nomination as ECB president in place of Mario Draghi, and that'll be confirmed soon enough. We've got Mark Carney uh, heading out in the Bank of England, and he's certainly softened his tune in terms of what they were going to do in the Bank of England. Yeah, well, in regard to the UK, I mean, we could well see a contraction in GDP in quarter two. Uh, now, you've got to remember, quarter one activity was boosted. The economy grew stronger than expected by 0.5%. But that, a lot of that was stock building, and that's unwound in recent months, that a stock building ahead of the expected Brexit date at the end of March. So firms which have you know, brought production forward, have built up stocks, are now unwinding that in recent months. Uh, we've seen a sharp fall in industrial production, manufacturing output. We're seeing weakness in the services sector. So we could actually see a decline in GDP in quarter two. I think really when we look at the data for the UK, we really should look at the, the first half of the year as a whole, quarter mm. one and quarter two together. But uh, against a backdrop where uh, the Bank of England has referenced the growing risk of uh, a no-deal Brexit, uh, we saw the Irish government yesterday on Monday referencing that that the, the risk of a no deal hard Brexit has never been higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bank of England has noted that, that there is a growing risk of a no deal Brexit. Secondly, the global economy and international trade is slowing down. So it had been previously pushing the line that rates need to increase. Mark Carney last week was talking about the need for rates to be cut in some jurisdictions. Now, he didn't reference uh, the UK, but it would be a bit strange for a central bank governor to be talking about loosening monetary policy and not have his own economy in mind. So there's been a turnaround there as well in the UK uh, against a backdrop of more of weaker data recently uh, and, uh, you know, the growing uncertainty about Brexit. And we're coming up to us at 31st of October deadline and the rising risk of a no-deal Brexit. So they, it's a much more cautious Bank of England we're seeing as well. The... London Telegraph yesterday, Monday, were talking about a sharp economic slowdown gripping the UK and it's even been worse than the city feared and there's talk of negative bets against the pound by uh, global speculators and investors. And after the growth spurt in first quarter, Bank of England, as you referred to there, now expects GDP to be flat in the second quarter. Some economists, Dolly, have warned that the UK economy may have contracted for the first time since June 2012. And uh, the Purchasing Managers Index, we spoke briefly about those last week in the UK, were particularly bad for the manufacturing sector. Yeah, that were weak. And I say that is in the context of, of an unwinding of the boost to growth, as I said earlier, that occurred in quarter one. Uh, so I would not be surprised to see GDP contract in, in, in the second quarter in the UK. But remember, it got, there was a boost to activity in quarter one that has since unwound. So I think that's framed the backdrop for that changed tune, as you said, in regard to the Bank of England. But this is a global phenomenon. I mean, the ECB is later, meeting, uh, later on this month as well. And there's, while there isn't an expectation they'll cut rates in July, there's an expectation that they will lay, lay out a, a path for looser monetary policy over the balance of the year, involving possibly a rate cut in September and uh, restarting the quantitative easing program. And indeed, at this stage, markets are thinking, even though rates are already minus 0.4%, markets are thinking we'll certainly get a rate cut of 10 basis points in September and possibly a further 10 basis points early next year. So again, that sort of gives context to... 10-year bond yields be negative in you know, half a dozen European countries. And not only that, these negative interest rates are now expected to stay until the middle of the decade, the next, the coming decade. So it could be 2024 before uh, short-term rates turn positive in Europe, which is the reason why bond yields have, you know, are turning increasingly negative uh, along the curve. Okay, not much data out this week, and uh, sterling remains near 90p, euro dollar around 112, sterling dollar around 1.25. You've been discussing the extent of the policy easing that's being talked about by central banks, and the Fed's 
has to potentially deliver a rate cut. That's the market view now. And we've got Powell de- delivering both uh, Senate and Congress testimonies this week. You referred to it before this today. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Chairman Powell, the head of the Fed, delivers what's called a semi-annual testimony to the Houses of Congress twice a year, in February and in July. And given that we could be at an inflection point in terms of interest rates, i.e. going from hiking rates last year to cutting rates this year, there'll be a lot of attention focused on this, uh, I suppose, appearance before Congress. He'll give a testimony and there'll be a question and answer session as well. So I think he will probably dampen market expectations that there's 50 basis points coming at the end of July. He may indicate that they will ease policy, uh, but that data will be important in the second half of the year in terms of the extent to which they loosen policy uh, over the balance of this year and into 2020. The markets are expecting 100 basis points of easing. I certainly think we get the 25 basis points at the end of July. If that does not materialise, there could be literally carriage in financial markets. So I think the Fed's boxed in here. It has to cut at the end of July, but then calm market expectations in, uh, in regards to the extent of policy easing there afterwards. That'll be very much data-driven, that they have the scope to ease if they need to do it, but they'll be looking very much, uh, this is a precautionary rate cut, given the continuing strength of the economy, but that they're very much on alert. They can do it, but they probably would warrant, it would warrant uh, a weakening of activity in the second half of the year for the, them to continue on that easing path. So that's a big event for markets. Uh, we'll see how Powell uh, phrases or, or couches the message for markets. They're very elevated. Uh, and unless they get the policy easing that they expect, we could see a backup in bond yields uh, and a setback in, bond, or in equity markets as well. So, you know, I said that they're at very high levels. So uh, the Fed and all the central banks are absolutely crucial here in terms of how markets perform over the second half of the year. Ollie, appreciate it as always for your wisdom and insights. And thank you to our customers and listeners for listening to this, our weekly podcast. If you want to stay up to date on the markets while on holidays during the summer, please press the subscribe button to AB's Market Talk and the podcast apps for iOS or Android. We will speak with you next week. Be careful out there. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.